This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to your offseason, Patriots fans. Yes, it's reality, and it was an inevitability, one that came far too soon. Maybe some of you actually thought it came at the appropriate time. As far as I'm concerned, or at least the diehards and the Foxborough faithful out there, the offseason always comes too soon. But let me tell you, with the way things have been churning and burning in Foxborough at one formerly Tom Brady place of late, there's going to be an interesting offseason with plenty of pods and conversation to boot. How's everyone doing? Hello, how are you? Your old pals, Nick Fitzy Stevens. And Andy Jumbo Hart with you once again on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, a presentation of WEEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Let me set the table for you right now. Of course, we are in the offseason. It's mid-January. Super Wild Card Weekend is at hand, Andy Hart. But the drama that will take place on the field this coming weekend, not nearly as juicy as the drama that unfolded this season and that is swirling around Gillette Stadium right now. We're going to talk about uh, big picture takeaways from the 2022 season that just ended with a 35-23 defeat up in Buffalo. Take a look at what's going on with Coach Bill Belichick and some choice uh, remarks that he made the other day that may have ruffled a couple of feathers at the old stadium and what his future looks like. And then, of course, everyone's favorite segment, Pat's Puri, all the news, notes, and nuggets that go around Pat's nation. All right, Hart. We've had a couple days to digest. You and I yesterday, whenever, Tuesday, we were on WEI on the afternoon show. Um, I know you've had a chance to hit the broadcast airwaves and register how you feel about this past season. The further away I get from it, the more aggravated I get. I know a lot of people were relieved. It's not a playoff team. I want a higher draft pick. I just want it to be over. I didn't want it to be over. I hate when the Patriots get knocked out of the playoffs. But when I look at the or the playoff consideration, but when I look at this season, man, it's a turd. Like it's a it's a it's a lost season. It was an absolute waste. And we've lost video of Fitzy. Anyway, I I I love <laughs> to be right. I know this is a surprise to some people, but I love to be right. Uh, this is one time where I'm uh, um, unfortunately I was right, and we said it all along. Yep. The predictions about the season. It's going to be a disaster offensively when you mm -hmm. put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of the offense. It was a disaster. You're going to hinder the development of your quarterback. You not only hindered it, we've used the word broken over the course of the season. At damaged. Da he's damaged. There's no doubt he's damaged goods. The question is, is it worth sending him back or getting rid of him? You ever get something from Amazon and you're like, well... I kind of don't want to go through the hassle of having to ship it back. And then they ship me another one. I needed it today. And you're like, it's only dinged a little bit in the back. Oh, this is mm -hmm. fine. Like I've done it. And that's what I think the question is with Mac. Is it like, do you need to send him back? Is he no longer useful or yeah, we can, we can deal with this. We can find a way. It's like your Christmas tree. When you rotate it and put the ugly spot in the back. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Looks perfect from here. Just don't There's walk still an ugly there. spot guy. That's that's right. But we can cover up ugly spots. Um, But I just, like, that's what frustrates me is it was so obvious, like, oh, they don't really have offensive playmakers, go-to guys, like the real top of the depth. 
and they didn't, other than Ramondre mm-hmm. Stevenson, who kind of came out of nowhere to take on that role, lead you in receptions, lead you in rushing. If you didn't have Ramondre Stevenson, by the way, oh, holy boy. fook, we would have been absolutely porked more than we were porked. But the reality is the details were a little weird. Oh, yeah, I didn't really think they'd lose to the Bears on Monday Night Football at home when the Bears are going to have the number one overall pick. But we uh, The Bears' of- last win on the season, by the way. I just want to remind everyone oh, yeah. the Bears' last win was on Monday Night Football Kicked against the Patriots when they kicked the unholy crap out of the Patriots. Like, that was the most lop. Believe it, that- isn't that weird? That was the most lopsided game of the Patriots' 2022 season. You know what's weirder? Bill Belichick broke, in my opinion, both quarterbacks that day because the 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 pumpkin returned for Bailey Zappi the second mm-hmm. half of that game with batted balls and oh oh I mean, Cinderella right. fell down the stairs and like chipped a tooth scraped Absolutely. her elbow ripped the that dress was miraculous that he broke two quarterbacks in one day with the hand the way he <laughs> you, you got to give it to him Andy like you he, really do he, in, he, in no. a career of doing the remarkable and unthinkable Belichick was able to actually semi-ruin two quarterbacks in one night so you know the number in Vegas was eight and a half ah, the damnedest thing they went into the last season I mean, the last game of the season, tied at halftime, Vegas nails another one. Literally, they're on the cusp of eight and a half wins right at halftime against, and then Buffalo. You're right. You're right. Oh, my God. That's right. Oh, yeah. It was tied up. Came down to the final half of football. Buffalo made more plays. They deserved it. They got the big plays, the emotion, whatever. So now we're left with, since we're so right, since we nailed this season, I got. I went nine and eight, so you were closer to being right. I'll let you victory lap, but I know it'll be a small lap. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to. We were. We are six rings. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But we we were so right last year. Now it's like, well, where do we go from here? As we analyze what Mm -hmm. we want to see, forget what Belichick's going to do. We nailed it last year. So as a collective, we I think we Mm -hmm. earned the right to have a little swagger, and that's where we are. Like, how do we fix the roster? How do we fix the coaching staff? Uh, how many changes need to be made to the coaching staff? And does that start at the top? Like, there's a lot of big bleeping picture discussions being had. And I think it starts with, to me, it's 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 so interesting to know or not know. We won't know, really. But that conversation between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick that may or may not have occurred already, maybe on the docket soon, may have been at Davio's in a booth in the dark corner, like the Josh McDaniels one, whatever. Mm-hmm. How does Bill approach that? Is he is, you know, I'm not going to say hat in hand because I don't think Bill will ever approach anybody with hat in hand as a humbled man. Like he's he's accomplished too much. He's got too much of an ego and arrogance. And that's part of his success and all of that. As much as the as much as the bedads of the world like to tell us that, you know, perhaps this will be the offseason where. Bill Belichick is willing to go hat in hand back to Robert Kraft and say, like, okay, you tell me what changes need to be made. I don't think Bill has that in him, nor do I think he should. I, I think I think the great ones don't. You have to be all in on your own beliefs to get to the level that he is. And now he can be wrong. He was clearly wrong last year. Uh-huh. But been wrong several times that, recently, Andy. But there's there's a gray area. There's a middle ground between hat in hand and my way or the highway, isn't there? Isn't there like a and Robert Kraft is the ultimate bridge builder. Right. Mm-hmm. He's done it for, you know, between the NFL and the NFLPA contracts, TV networks, all mm-hmm. of it. He's a bridge builder. Yeah. From the Foxborough fans to Meek Mill to Jeff Saturday and beyond. Absolutely. Or, or Brady and Belichick for the final 10 Not, years. Hey, man, that's what my, many people think is like his greatest accomplishment right. is keeping that dynasty, that infrastructure together for almost two decades. So now can he build a bridge between himself 
and Bill, not standing back and looking at two abutments. The abutments are Bill and Tom or the NFL and the NFLPA. Can he be an abutment and build a bridge to Bill? That takes a big man. For, and Robert, listen, Robert Kraft has earned the right to also not have to go hat in hand to anyone, to have plenty of ego, to believe in himself as well. Just like Bill Belichick has like, hey, listen, if I bought this team and I and I hired the right people and I gave you the checkbook at the right time and I approved these moves and I paid for you and I signed off on everything, Brady, and we got rich and th- we got fat and it wasn't too thin around here. And look at what we were able to build. And yes, I've profited from it. But guess what, Bill? Considering what the size of your paycheck is, so have you, my friend. Why should Robert Kraft have to be the one who is the bridge builder and goes to Bill and says, you got to meet me halfway on this one? Bill Belichick should be going up to management and saying, okay, I know you haven't heard this phrase come out of my mouth too often, but I'm sorry. I blanked up. Oh, I think he can say, I'm sorry, I blanked up without totally, you know, getting down on a knee with hat in hand, kissing the rings, all of those things. And that's part of the mid-ground. Like, there has to be, you know, the first step is admitting you have a problem. I I think he needs to admit some of the mistakes he made over the last year. Mm -hmm. I I don't think – but you can admit those without saying, whatever you want, Robert, take my control away of – G. like, I I still think Bill is going to have a certain – intestinal fortitude to his arguments and and so that's that's where i look at it like until that meeting takes place Mm -hmm. and that kind of and and i do think from from your you just asked why would robert do that like should he do that is that sort of beneath him is is it literally bill is beneath Mm -hmm. him like that's bill may not want to admit that but literally the masthead it's yeah like his name is up robert's name is up top so he would want to do that because he believes Bill is still one of the better football coaches on the planet. He believes 2023, they're a better football team with Bill Belichick leading them than whoever is on their list. And I do believe they have a list. I think they are too good a business family to not have a Jonathan open drawer three, if you know what I mean. And he pulls out three dad. You heard me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't doubt it. They have, they have, unlike Bill, and this has been one of the misgivings over the last couple of years with his non-existent contingency plans to replace some of the legends that have left the building, leaving them in the lurch at key positions, normally on offense. I think Robert and Jonathan and company have a lot of break glass in case of emergency plans with names behind them for GMs, coaches, coordinators. They've like... When Burt Breers and others of the world say the Patriots have done their due diligence on this former coach, that former coordinator, this possible option, it's not just Bill and Burge and Matt and Joe that have done the work. I'm sure the brass and ownership has done their work as well. And quite honestly, they should. Because if I'm them and I see diminishing ticket sales, I see empty seats, I hear from frustrated fans, I see a pro shop full of merchandise that hasn't sold all season long, I get Sunday night football games canceled, and there's a general air of uh, unrest, uneasiness in the air, and now the Patriots have gone from like a legend to a borderline punchline over the course of the year, you know, from getting flexed out of the Raiders game to watching the way that game unfolded to two special teams touchdowns in a winnable game against a Super Bowl favorite in the finale that got you punched out of the postseason. There's every reason in the world why Robert Kraft won't pull a, you know, hey, you schmuck conversation post Spygate 2007. But it might be a bill. You're going to have to tell me what's going on here because like my bottom line is hurting and I'm not having fun and I'm a Pats fan as much as I am owner.
Okay, so let's wrap up our sort of uh, off-season table-setting summarization of the disappointing 2022 with some simple questions. I do not want explanations of length, Fitzgerald, Fitzy. Okay? Okay, still, yeah. Will Bill Belichick be the head coach of the New England Patriots in 20... He said he would like to be back. Will he be the head coach of the Patriots in 2023? Yes. What was that? Because I think it may get hairy at times. I think there may be times where we believe that he won't be. But if I have to go, I'm not going to give you percentages. Like you said, not going to be a long one answer. Yes. Yes. He is back. Okay. I I believe he will be back as well. Because I think he is going to be in position to navigate the hairy conversations. To mix Mm -hmm. a few different metaphors all into one sentence. Works for me. Will Mac Jones be the quarterback of the New England Patriots? To start 2023, let's go there. I mean, games. No. Fitzgerald believes Mac Jones will be traded. I believe Mac Jones will be starting for another team. If I had to go one way or the other, I'm hot taking you here. I do Honestly, I think there's a very good chance he plays somewhere else. In the second segment, we will talk about that a little more at length and include, I'm guessing, a comment from William Belichick that may be playing a role in Fitzgerald's thinking. And who do you think will be the coordinator next season? Will Matt Patricia return under current pretense and non-existent title? Hell no, in Vince McMahon voice. No, I do not see. I, I can't envision because if Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator, I think I need to go back to question one and change my answer. Mm-hmm. I think those things are tied together. I said this on uh, <clears throat> Humble Brag, NBC Sports Boston Television last night. To me, there's just these really two big issues that Robert Kraft is going to listen to Bill Belichick talk about. Mac Jones and Matt Patricia and what he plans to do with either, both, neither of those in some form or fashion and how he answers those questions and explains his plans for those mm-hmm. two people, I think will play a large role in how Robert reacts towards Bill's tenure, Bill's future, Bill's authority, all of those things. There's a lot hanging in the balance. If you think That's that there are, there's, that I know if you think like this, like we've said on the radio and beyond that this off season may actually be more interesting than this most recent football season, which again, I have qualified as a lost season, a lousy season and a wasted season because your quarterback regressed. No one on offense made any progress really, except for Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers sort of stayed the same. He'll still get paid. God hope he's going to be with the Patriots. We'll get to that in segment three. And, but Ramondre Stevenson even ended up having to try to do too much and trying so hard that he made pivotal mistakes that cost you football games or led to your demise in several football games and kept you out of the playoffs. Like it was a lost season and it was a bit of a waste. And now they have to work extra hard this offseason. You can't make up for last season, but you sure as hell can improve on what product you put out there last season. And if they can't, then even more changes are to come. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's going to be a wild off season. We'll be with you every move, press conference, trade, draft pick, and breaking news alert along the way. Give us a follow at Six Rings Pod at Fitzy GFY at Jumbo Heart and share the Six Rings podcast in your podcast community, Spotify, Apple Pods, the Odyssey app, and beyond. Happy to have you. All right, moving on. Segment two here on the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things. We got to get to what Billichek has been saying since the game ended Sunday from his quintessentially stoic, aggravated, terse, emotion-free 
post-game presser where he gave us a whole lot of nothing. What a gracious loser. Now, you know how they say, Hart, and you as a uh, uh, rank-and-file coach, uh, coach of the kids, you're working with the Utes down there in the, what would you call your area, southeastern Massachusetts, would you say? It's the South Coast. South Coast. Okay. I apologize. Southeastern Massachusetts. Okay. But the area is called South Coast, although they're trying to rebrand it oh. the Farm Coast. That's like the Chamber of Commerce because it's a combination of coastal lands and sprawling farms throughout sort of Farm the, uh, Coast. Area. I, like, I don't mind South Coast because I would, I did, I literally, uh, as I'm, I'm turn 49 next week, as a native to the South Shore, I never even knew it as South Coast, but now we know. See, we all learned a little something. I'm trying to keep it quiet because I don't I, really need appreciate an that. increase in, um, you know, tourists and summer sure. rentals and mm-hmm. restaurants where I have to wait two hours in July to get in, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New, news profiles, uh, police investigations, everything else that goes on down there. I get Stay it. Stay the F out of here. All right. <laughs> Your backyard, I'm fine. So, uh, Belichick, since... His Monday presser, and with a lot of open ears and a lot of people paying attention, didn't do himself any favors by mentioning that the Patriots were 27th overall the last three years in cash spending, basically, once again, finding some sort of new way to make it sound like he was covering his own ass and making excuses for why free agency moves, big ticket players that they signed, and and other players on the team didn't work out why can't he just step up and say we had a losing record this season we haven't won a playoff game now in going on four years i'm a 500 coach since our double dynastic run ended we need to do better and it starts with me why the money thing had to come out because now you possibly piss off the crafts now the media is like "Ooh, bait thank you for chumming the waters bill like he made a mess for himself absolutely and anybody who uh, has any objectivity, took it that way, was mm-hmm. like, whoa, what did he just say? Did he just, what, did he say what I heard him say? Should I rewind this and listen again to make sure I heard that right? Is mm-hmm. Did he say when we're on the three-year average aggregate, as he likes to say, we're one of the lowest spending teams in football? Oh, hmm. wonder what his boss is going to think about that, the guy who mm-hmm. actually spends the money and writes the checks. Now, we do need to clarify that he clarified his comments mm-hmm. to Jim McBride in the Boston Globe. Good and to I know he's got the that. globe on speed dial for whether he wants to explain oh, yeah. himself in the summer to Shaughnessy or clarify his remarks that may have upset the crafts in the winter to Jim McBride. Interesting. Yeah. He seems mm-hmm. to be a little bit tight with the uh, the globe these days, and mm-hmm. that's something for people just keeping keep aware of. Belichick told the globe the Patriots, quote, spend to the cap every year. Okay, so he moved the goalpost because mm-hmm. in his first answer, he was talking about cash spending, mm-hmm. not cap spending. The pay uh, spend to the cap every year. What I said has nothing to do with ownership's commitment to spending fully to take it as any kind of slight when Robert and Jonathan have done nothing but support my recommendations on contracts couldn't be further from the point. Mm-hmm. Bill, Andy Hart, really? what, what would you say was the point of that? Because you didn't need to do it. We've talked about this a little bit already on our radio hits. The back end of the answer was mm-hmm. about we added good football players, and I think we're a better football team because we added those good football players. Uh, if you had started with that and left out the part where you said we're 27th in cash spending and one of the lowest spending teams in the National Football League in the last three years, I don't think anybody would have noted. They might have debated how mm-hmm. good the football players were, what you're getting out of Jonu Smith, blah, blah, blah. But you wouldn't have created the brush fire that you had to try to put out with the hose that is the Boston Globe by giving them a call. Um, I still 
I still am a little confused at what his angle was if he honestly wasn't trying to poke the bear, that he wasn't, and maybe it blew up faster than he expected or louder than he expected. I don't know. But because I, I don't really understand, is he saying that the 26 teams ahead of them don't spend um, correctly, that they're in cap hell? You know, 14 of them, I'm guessing, are playing this weekend and he's not. Yeah, are they all are they all the Bucks and the Rams who just went crazy to right. sell out for championships? Because you know, that's what we were told as Tom Brady left town. It's like, well, he was almost previewing a wasteland for us, saying, like, well, you know, if things look like uh, an abandoned Olympic village around here in the next couple of years or at least next year, it's because all the decisions we made were in the best interest of selling out for Tom Brady. Like, all right, I don't you're the greatest coach of all time. You're the one who sort of spearheaded or led the movement, made the recommendations to let said greatest quarterback of all time go. So however things go now here in the Patriots, guess who we're going to look to, Bill? Guess who we're going to hold first and foremost accountable over every other option and party? It's going to be you. And it's Bill and his servants, lieges, uh, you know, uh, assistants, et cetera, who make the decisions to sign an Aguilar over somebody over somebody else and to sign a John U. Smith first. That was the first guy they went after, and they gave him a bag, and he has done nothing but make me throw up in that bag since he joined the Patriots. Might be a fine person. We're just analyzing the player on the field. Seems to me like they spent an awful lot of money, Andy. Where does this 27th in cash spending come from? Well, cash spending, cash versus cap has always been one of the debates, mm -hmm. and it can be, um, I mean, cash versus crap as a lot of people like to say. Yes. And it can be misleading because, you know, if you have a year where your quarterback signs his deal and gets a 50, $60 million signing bonus, you're obviously spending a boatload of money in that year. Cause you still have the cap spending, the salaries and all that, the 200 plus million dollars. Mm -hmm. Now you add 60 million in that. Maybe you had a couple other players that signed $10 million signing bonuses. All of a sudden you've spent $300 million. Well, the next year, all that bonus money you're not spending. You're not signing mm -hmm. your quarterback again every year, right? Now he's mm -hmm. living on that five-year deal, which is the salary, but not. So there's some differences there. Um, I don't know. I still don't know exactly what he was trying to point out. Interesting one I'd like to float. Um, I have a very, um, a friend who's very supportive of Bill Belichick and the, the Patriot way and the Belichick mm -hmm. way texted me because I wrote a column about this on weei.com and he said, you left out one possibility. I said, do tell. And he his thought was, was he somehow sending a message to agents that the Patriots are open for business? We haven't been spending the last few years on average. This is a spending year. We know they have cap room. Is this some like bat signal? Oh, oh, lighten it up. Okay, we're ready to spend again. A signal flare? Uh, like, was that him just pulling up his like pulling up his skirt as he walked away so you could catch a glimpse? Couldn't no. have done it more clumsily if that was no, the intention. It was, no, this is hell the no. worst execution of something like that that I've ever seen in my life. Let me let me agitate the media. Let me potentially anger the fan base or, and or shoot a shot across the bow of ownership that has kept me in place and allowed me to make the moves that took us asunder last season, leading to an eight and nine far from acceptable finish. Oh, God, no. As a matter of fact, I, I can't stress this enough behind any microphone or in front of any camera. My God. It's not the greatest free agent class. Like if you no. want to grab an interior guard, maybe a defensive lineman, a mid-level cornerback and a, a fourth receiver. If that's what your shopping list is, then and you know uh, maybe a running back, and you've got fifty million to spend. Congratulations, this is your offseason. Otherwise, it ain't great. Like the, you know, what it's going to look like the Trader Joe's shelves on January second. 
Well, I, I just look at it, it. It's very rarely great in free agency. You mm -hmm. overpay. It's just the reality of the situation, especially like one thing we're going to talk about yet again is wide receiver, top end uh, playmaker. Just keeps coming back. No matter how many times we try to avoid it, it just pulls us back. Have in. you noticed how, um, what happened to the wide receivers over the last year or so? In the NFL or on our team? No, no, no. In the NFL. Yeah, you there's a bunch me. of ones that are awesome that get paid a shit ton, and then there's everyone else. No, you tell me the great free agent signing wide receiver. Uh, most of them are trades. Ah, interesting. So just having cap room does not mean you can necessarily grab Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown. You have to trade, then hand them the bag, which we've always wondered, is Bill willing to do the double investment, the, the mm. first round pick and the $100 million deal like the Eagles did. So this idea mm. that I just I find it um, the way people have sort of talked about the spending and wide receiver, like you're more likely in free agency to get the OBJ, Jacoby Myers, DeAndre Hopkins, who mm. may be good. They may help you. The Robert, Robert oh, well, DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to have to trade. Obviously, he's he's going to be a trade we'll candidate. You we'll think see. he's going to get cut outright? Holy smokes. This is how you do it. You say you're willing to trade him, and then when no one offers you what you want, you cut him. I mean, I, I think it oh, could happen. Brutal. Um, you got to get so, you got to get something for nothing. And by the way, the only team I think that actually can say they got here uh, incoming Andy Hart favorite acronym alert in 321, good ROI on their free agent Ooh. wide receiver money, the Jaguars. Yes. Zay now, Jones and Christian Kirk both had very good, I won't say great, very good seasons. And most people believe they overpaid for him, mm -hmm. right? Like you have Works to for their system, Relevant to their system, it worked. Jacoby Myers is probably going to get overpaid by somebody because he's near the top of the wide receiver wish list in free agency. But my point is, most of the receivers either get traded or Debe, Debo Samuel, DK Met, they resign. They sign mm -hmm. a long-term deal with their team. So... This idea that there's this perfect receiver coming in free agency is sort of a, a red herring or a myth. But um, so, yeah, certainly Bill Belichick talking about the spending cash, which most people don't bring up. You said it. You're like, what's the difference? Cash cat like it's not a common discussion point with coaches, with teams. It's usually cap space, cap this, blah, 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 blah. And I would like to add to the cash discussion. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not real. I'm just going to put it out there. It is believed that Bill Belichick makes somewhere between 20 and $30 million a year. It's pretty good money. And I that doesn't count towards a salary cap. Mm -mm. But it does count towards what Robert Kraft is paying out for his football team. It and counts towards making, cash outlay. Yes, it does. And it's he's making somewhere between two to five times as much as other coaches. Mm-hmm. Just, I want that out there. Like, for the job he's doing, is he worth it? And he wants to bring up cash. Maybe Robert would say, hey, it's funny. I wanted to bring up cash, too. I pay you a boatload of cash to not run my franchise quarterback into the ground in year two and break him. I pay you a boatload of cash to not have the most embarrassing coaching staff on the planet where I have to go to social media and watch Dan Orlovsky and Kurt Warner and all these types increase their social media presence by mm -hmm. mocking you through videos and all 22s and clips. And, and handwritten notes. 
Right. Like, like it's like it's an embarrassment. Like like it's almost for? like Kurt Warner doesn't need to thank anyone for the name, reputation, legacy, and uh checkbook he has. Orlovsky probably does just fine as a 10-year NFL veteran sure. plus ESPN money. At the same time, though, the bumps he's getting by criticizing the Patriots this offseason, he's uh, he should almost send like a thank you basket to Robert Kraft and the Patriots. And Robert Kraft should say hustle. It's because it, honestly, it is the Patriots. It but the, the crazy thing is, Andy. This is what's fascinating about the mutation of the side hustle, if you will, is that it used to be, you know, people working for the team, people selling merchandise, knuckleheads, you know, filming tailgate videos and goofing around about their love of Tom Brady on YouTube. All of us, you, me, and a bunch of other clowns, characters, reporters, media, and super fans throughout New England and beyond in Pat's Nation have a name, a reputation, a position of employment now, thanks to how great the Patriots were. We are now dangerously veering towards the exact reversal of that with people now making a reputation for calling out, criticizing, analyzing, charting, and mocking the Patriots. Like, guy, that, that shit ain't right. I don't know what days they are, but you know how SportsCenter has the top 10 and then like on a different day, it's the not top 10. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the leap the Patriots are making from the top 10 to the not top 10. Okay, we also need to get into, so curious words, he tried to back it up. We're not really sure what he meant, but it was a dumb thing to say. And oh, by the way, a dumb thing to say by a man who carefully chooses his words in press conferences and the messages he sends as much as anybody. I mm -hmm. wrote this this morning. I think he takes it more seriously than the White House press briefings that I've watched over the last <laughs> three to five years that have been absolute clown shows. Well, maybe he should see if Ari Fleischer or Sean Spicer is available to, pro to proofread anything that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, uh, maybe Jen Psaki, depending on how, which way he, uh, we all know how he votes, but like maybe he should get somebody in there to take a look at all these. Well, he didn't used to need it. Hmm. Maybe he needs it. Now. There's a lot. You know what? There's mm. also a lot of mm. different things that I didn't used to need that I now take and or use on a regular basis. And I'm 20 some odd years younger than Bill Belichick. And with all due respect to his accomplishment, his mental uh, acuity and acumen, like sometimes. We're supposed to need a little help and do a little less when we get older, not try to take on more and need less help. Like he's, he's, it's a, it's like Brady wants to prove that he can keep doing it at a certain age. And we see that he's still very good at what he does. Yes. He's the greatest of all time. I don't expect Tom Brady to put up another season, even like 2020 again, let alone 2007 and some of his other greatest seasons of all time. Bill Belichick should not be trying to prove that he can do it all in the face of, I, you know, relentless criticism by himself. And I don't even does, care about doing it all. He can't do what he used to do, which is manipulate the media, bat the media around, say things in, in press conferences that quieted storms and controlled the story. Now he's creating the story. He's igniting the story. And another story he ignited was his response as to whether Mac Jones would be the starting quarterback next year. And you know, and I know he said, he has the ability to play in the National Football League. Wait, what's that now? What's that now? He knew what he was saying. He knew exactly he might have what on that he one. was saying. But what is he saying? I the Max not guaranteed a starting job in New England. That's exactly what he's saying. Interesting. So we take so in less than six months, when he talked about the miraculous leaps and advances and everything that Mac did last offseason, then he said, Oh, by the way, Mac, Matt Patricia's your new uh, play caller and coach. Now he, quote-unquote, has the ability to play in the National Football League. So 
he went from franchise quarterback to not franchise quarterback in a half a year. Mm-hmm. Huh? How could that have happened? It's the hmm. damnedest thing. What damnedest is it? What thing. exactly is it that led to Max complete and utter regression and the diminishing Weird. of his profile in his co- head coach's eyes? Weird. Could it be oh. Satan? No, I'm sorry. Uh, close. It was Matt Patricia. Oh, and Joe Judge. cheap shot. No, um, the Satan thing was a callback to the church lady. So, yeah, no, not good. Not good, guy. Not great. And that is why I think in our first segment, you predicted that Matt Jones will be traded, will not be a member of the Patriots, will not be the starting quarterback. And I think that's a dicey situation for Bill Belichick, because as I referenced, Bill loved Mac as of summer. Robert Kraft loved Mac as of spring. Last we heard from him when mm-hmm. he said he had a quarterback and he had a coach. And those are the two most important things in football. And you have them. You like Mac Jones. He was very over the top. And I think some of the reason he was over the top for Mac Jones was probably what he's hearing from Bill. His standing with the team. He's a captain. He's a leader. We're going to build an offense around him. So why did Robert Kraft then feel the need at the owners meetings to come out and say, full well knowing that his coach told him they have a quarterback and he knew he's got a coach and he knows that he's a great leader and that he's a great owner and they have the infrastructure for success there after all the years that they've gone to X number of championships. Why did he still feel the need to say, I'm disappointed. We haven't won a playoff game in three years. Uh, Why did he then sort of like light a fire under Bill Belichick and the organization, unless he knew something was coming that he wasn't thrilled with like Patricia and judge being brought back. Well, yeah, I mean, Bill Jones, that was already um, sort of being speculated upon or, or known. Like, it wasn't for sure how it was going to work, but there was – and Robert even had the answer about, you know, Bill's plans aren't always linear and we don't mm-hmm. always see how they're going to mm-hmm. work out, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? They didn't. This was oh. a time. History, he had a good track record, I think Robert said, or something to that effect, paraphrasing. Well, he doesn't anymore. He made a weird decision that did not work out, and now he's left to, to hold the bag, but – I think this is an interesting, so Robert let Bill push Brady out the door, move on from Tom Brady, however you want to phrase it. So Robert theoretically chose Bill over Brady. Mm -hmm. Could, would Robert choose Bill over Mac, or is it to the point where, wait a minute, you already made me pick with one quarterback. Now you told me this was the quarterback, and six months later now you don't think it's the quarterback. What are you, a teenage dater? Like, are you in middle school dating and like you're, I like, like her, but now I don't like, like her. Now I actually hate her. She's not my friend anymore. And we don't actually talk like, what are we doing here? Yeah, we don't, we don't swipe right. We don't block or mute people like this isn't teenage social media. This is real life, real big decisions, real consequences based on the decisions we make. And to think that Mac Jones could have gone from franchise quarterback to someone else's franchise, Foxborough franchise quarterback to someone else's franchise quarterback in six months. It's insane. And I know you had recently listened to comments made by Chris Sims and Mike Florio on pro football talk about some things that I was unaware of. You'd heard whisperings. Tale yeah. had been told of some offseason rumblings with Mac Jones's dissatisfaction. Did what you heard from those guys confirm or just further solidify what you'd heard and your and and also give credence to your belief that Mac was even unhappier than we had heard? Yeah, I think um, – so I had heard rumblings that Mac had called former Patriots, friends, connections around the league, which I thought was kind of normal. Like, you have a mm-hmm. new staff that's stressful, like the situation you're not happy with. You lean on people. You lean on mentors, advisors, people you've been around, trust. 
But the way Pro Football Talk Chris Sims painted it, Bill caught wind of this and was pissed and put an end to it, dealt with it with Mac, whatever um, you want to think happened there. Now, Mm. if this is sort of the same rumblings I'm hearing, this was more a late summer, early season type thing, which would fall in line with, you know, Mac getting hurt and then Bill not saying Mac's our quarterback and maybe Zappy going into a Bears game when shouldn't have whatever. So (laughs) I think Bill cared more about this. If pro football talk is right, then he should have, in my opinion. I think Mac took it just like I think the frustration we've seen on the field is a normal reaction to mm-hmm. your world caving in around you and your $250 million contract being ripped out from underneath you. I think you're thrown into a football training camp, which is stressful and hours and day to day and not time off all that. But he seemed ready for it. Mac Jones with all the off season, the workouts, Mac Jones, it looks oh, more like ready. Jack, Jack Jones and throwing sessions in California with little John Humphrey and company and JJ Taylor and Devonte Parker and Kendrick Bourne and Aguilar down South. Like, he looked ready. He was Everybody ready. Everybody thought he was going to make significant strides forward. And now he is, you know, like, you know, in an alley, passed out, hung over with a brown bag in his hand. He was ready. It was the offense and the coaching that wasn't ready. They invested a million hours in the outside zones and we're going to stretch plays and do all this. And then they abandoned it. They they had an offense that Matt clearly wasn't happy with on the practice field. Like mm-hmm. I told you time after day after day after day. It sucks. It's Tebow-esque. Mm-hmm. He can't find his reads. There's no timing. There's no flow. Nothing is getting better. And that was the world he was living in. I don't think it's weird if you're dealing with that and you get back to your home or your hotel for you to, like, call somebody. Right? Like, for example. Right. Reach out. Like, hey, can you tell me, can you help me figure this out, decipher this? Can you give me some tips or keys or just something because, you know, we had heard that the offense was very unhappy all the way back as of the spring, for God's so, sakes. Like, if I called Paul Perillo and just said, like, you know what? There's a lot of weird stuff going on at EEI, EEI.com. It's like, I don't even understand what's going on. Does that mean I want to leave? Does that mean I'm, like, subverting the... Uh, no. I think you're Who a among human us being doesn't you, call people, right? whether it's your wife, a coworker, a buddy, if you go out for beers and just say, like, work's been crazy. My, my wife, she's driving me like you. That isn't that what, what we all do? Right. Like so it's, I, it's only natural. But I can also see Bill getting pissy and snippy the way he is. And also, let's let's not forget, we brought it up a long time ago on the pod and on the air. But there was also the Joe and I are teaching each other the offense stuff. Oh, yeah. Collaborate that Bill and Burge once again stepped in and. Kendrick Bourne spoke about it. Next thing you know, between that and the haymaker, he throws in the Carolina dust up in preseason. You don't see much of him. Had nothing to do with it. Stop it. Okay. All right. Okay. I watched plenty of players throw haymakers that returned the following day and continued on with their career. So the haymaker was there was there was no precedent for the haymaker to cost him. So this was all doghouse over comments about the scheme. And the funny thing is, the scheme was scheme free. It was a scheme free scheme. Just like the identity of the 2022 Patriots and their offense was that they had no identity. And that is something that they desperately need to work towards regaining because their identity is far more now punchline than it is powerhouse. That wraps up another powerhouse segment here on the old Six Rings and Football Things podcast. It's your old pals Fitzy, GFY, and Jumbo Hart on at Six Rings Pod. Please share, rate, review, subscribe. Let everyone know this offseason community Brick by brick, take by take, pod by pod is getting bigger and stronger thanks to you, the Foxborough faithful and great members of Pat's Nation.
Here we go. That's right. Everybody loves it. It's America's favorite football podcast segment, Pat's Puri, where we go through the potpourri, if you will, the news notes and nuggets whirling around Pat's nation and summarize it in a nice, tidy, neat 10 to 15 minute aural, A-U-R-A-L package. Andy, what's first up today on Pat's Puri? So first thing we need to talk about first is we all believe, and I even heard Mike Reese say this, who is the most cool-headed opposite of hot take guy in the media. The biggest key to the Patriots offseason is the offensive coaching staff. Mm -hmm. I think most of us believe that would include at least reassigning Joe Judge and Mm -hmm. Matt Patricia. Maybe Joe Judge. Go be over there. Just don't don't come back here. Just go be over there. And yet we have Tom Curran reporting early this week that there has yet to be any um, reaching out to or connection with Billy O'Brien from Alabama, who I think is everybody's first choice. Okay, it's the captain obvious choice for a person to come in and try to fix everything because he's been, been here before and had success. Yes, has been for a year. The most mm-hmm. obvious choice. Last mm-hmm. year we learned it was Billy O'Brien or bust, and I continue to say, well, you busted out. So now you look for Billy O'Brien again. I'm not saying he's the be all end all. Cliff Kingsbury is a new hot name being thrown out there since he's been fired by the Arizona Cardinals, was once upon a time a Patriots backup quarterback and draft pick. Bill has said nice things about him, blah, blah, blah. Who is it also who said that the air raid offense, the Cliff Kingsbury offense, is the most difficult one to prepare for in the NFL? That was Burt Breer with a source from the echoing league. Echoing sentiments of source, okay. Yes. Um, so I, I think the, the first things first, and we'll tie it into another aspect of our Pats Paris segment here, Patriots have been announced they will be coaching in the Shrine Bowl. Their coaching staff will be coaching the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas Pro Bowl. A lot of excited college quarterbacks now like, oh, finally, I can break the glass ceiling of my potential by having Matt Patricia and Joe Judge coach me for a week. Yay! I didn't want to get drafted in the third round. I can't wait to be an UDFA. Usually the... um... People say like, oh, you know, you got there and you got to work in a pro-style offense and he handled it well. I don't know what you're handling if you're the quarterback trying to deal with the Patriots offense. Um, But one of the sub-reports of that was part of the reason the Patriots and the 49ers will be the other staff, I believe, Mm -hmm. is teams with changes at coordinator are sort of eliminated from the process. So, excuse me, what's that now? Although my retort is... You can't change what you don't have, and the Patriots don't have coordinators, so they couldn't be accused of changing coordinators. But does this mean, and we will see them at practice, who's coaching the offense, who's calling the plays, who's calling for kickoffs and kickoff returns, does this mean we're going to be watching Matt Patricia call plays for the Shrine Bowl, and does that mean that he is staying in his play-calling role? Because if so, uh, I don't even know where to go from the end of that sentence. <laughs> All right. So just so the audience is aware, the East West Shrine Bowl, uh, one of the preeminent uh, college football postseason showcases takes place this year, February 2nd, 2023. I would love to see if there was any way that we could do a six rings from out there, maybe get some interviews. Wouldn't be a nice little trip to go out to Vegas. 0.0% chance that work possibly underwrites that one, but at least I'll ask. I'll try. Uh what Andy, the between this and the what is the one that Jim Nagy works so hard Senior on? Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl, thank you. Between the East West Shrine Bowl and the Reese's uh Senior Bowl, those are basically the two big ones where you get to go out there. That's where they saw Kyle Duggar. Wasn't uh maybe it was the like Mac was the star of practice at the senior bowl a couple of years yep. ago. That's where the stories of like Jim Nagy saying, like, it was midnight. I went to go shut the lights off in the library. It was Mac Jones there still breaking right. down film. 
But the um, Shrine Bowl provided them a number of draft picks last year. I know Pierre Strong. I thought, um, didn't Duggar shine there a couple years ago? No, I think Duggar was a senior bowl. Senior bowl. But a lot of the guys that we're banking are going to be better. The senior bowl is a bigger bowl. The the Shrine Bowl is a next tier down. The NFL is trying to um, grow it, inflate it, create Mm -hmm. it, make it more. Um, so it, it's just going to be interesting because that's our first opportunity. Cause I had said to you, sometimes people were like, how is cam accord not fired already? And I was like, how do you know? He's not, you, you have no idea. He, his key card may no longer work at Gillette mm-hmm. stadium. We would find they're not going to announce it. They don't mm-hmm. do that. Um, we might find out at the combine when you see people working in different roles or who's got a credit. Oh, so-and-so's Billy O'Brien's mm-hmm. at the combine wearing a Patriots credential. Oh, mm-hmm. looks like so, but this predates that so this is an opportunity to see what the Patriots staff looks like that is coaching at the Shrine Bowl mm-hmm. I'm not saying if Matt Patricia calls plays at the Shrine Bowl that means he's back but I won't like it <laughs> I, I, but also well, what does it mean then it could mean they're not ready with Billy O'Brien somebody tweeted me oh, something that actually made doing? sense why why and why don't they have coordinators and please does everything have to be different why does everything have to be so precious? Why did you wait twenty years to criticize that. I never liked it in the first place. I oh, always liked. On, to, you, I, you wore Belichick's face on your shirt and your chest. That was a that was an ironic meme because he's such a grump and it said let's party. Some of us have been bitching about this for years. The fact I that like, they I, there are certain things like I you know even uh, some days I might eat seven meals. Some days I might eat only one. I may just graze and snack throughout the day. But I do enjoy the breakfast, lunch, and dinner setup of things. You can do things however you want. Gee whiz, Andy, it seemed to work really well during the double dynastic run, having a defensive coordinator more often than not and having an offensive coordinator. The not naming one in the years past and since really doesn't seem to be benefiting them much. I always like to say they won a lot of titles when they had guys with titles. Yep. Very simple. Um, But this is going to be the story we will be talking about later this week, next week, the week after, until we get some clarity on who will be the Patriots offensive coordinator and play caller, how uh, Patricia and Judge are reassigned, whatever it may be, what Cam Accord's future is. But one little tidbit, and this is straight from a tweet. I'm mm-hmm. not pulling some Ben Volan and reporting something off of something I got from somebody that I don't trust. Okay. Somebody did note. Little Tweety Bird told you. Could it be possible that Nick Saban asked Bill O'Brien and or Bill Belichick to wait until the transfer portal closes, which I believe is January 15th. And maybe it would be um, detrimental to Alabama for potential incoming transfer recruits to know, oh, they're going to have a change at coordinator. Billy O'Brien's out. This is totally spitballing from a tweet Mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I don't think it's the most ridiculous Mm -hmm. thing I've heard. I don't mm-hmm. believe it. I don't really think it's accurate. Um, but I think it's just worth a worth a consideration for those people that are wondering, how could you not call Bill O'Brien? Why is he not already assigned? January 18th, 2023 is the 18th. ending date for the college football transfer portal. I'd also, read some, I'd also read something interesting that said um, Nick Cayley, who you had opined for, and even Dante Scarnecchia gave recommendation to a name that listeners for someone who's inconsequential, truly in the life of the diehard Pats fan have heard mentioned hundreds, if not thousands of times could go to Houston. If Jonathan Gannon, a name I'm unfamiliar with, uh, gets the job as head coach, he could go to Houston as the offensive coordinator. So, uh, could be 
our old pal uh, uh, Nick Casario bringing down another familiar face, giving him a promotion and setting that in motion, sending him somewhere else. But we're focused on the Patriots and Andy, our offseason plan of a new coordinator, a big left tackle and a wide receiver. Number one can only be addressed one item at a time. We just addressed coordinator. We still can't get that big left tackle yet. We hope they go that way in the draft. That'll be coming up soon. Mock drafts are plenty. They can get a wide receiver one via trade if they take a little D-hop on over to Arizona and call the now GM and coach-free Cardinals and say, rumor is you guys want to move on from DeAndre Hopkins. He loves Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick loves him. What's it going to take for me to put that still shiny but slightly used Hopkins? What's it going to take to put me in that car? Um. That's a great question, and I think I've told you this before. I am terrible at NFL trades. It happens all the time. A guy goes for a fifth, and I'm like, what? What, a fifth? And then somebody goes yeah. for a first, and I'm like, like Roquan, Smith, Roquan Smith, who just signed a five-year, $100 million deal. What did he go for, like a, a second? He went for less than Chase, uh, Chase Claypool, I think. It was an absurd trade, and now, of course, he's locked in uh, and is going to be uh, the stud at the center of the defense of the Ravens for years to come. Um, all right, so I want to say, let's see. So when DeAndre Hopkins was moved a couple of years ago uh, by Bill O'Brien to the from the Texans to the Cardinals, uh, uh, my guy at Alonzo Cervera on Twitter said he he quote tweeted this a little while ago. Um, the Cardinals got DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth round pick, and the Texans got David Johnson a second and a fourth. Wow, what a lopsided Terrible trade that trade. was! No wonder why um, Bill O'Brien lost his job. I think you're probably going to have to trade a two or more for him. I mean, remember, he came back from suspension, and he was one of the best receivers in football. Over in the nine games, he had over 700 yards. Yeah, so he's not done he's with not who done. at quarterback. Let me um, I want like to see what Kyler and Colt. He'll be 31 next year, which is the wrong side of 30 for mm -hmm. a receiver. He has a salary right now on the books for next year of $19.45 million, which oh, we don't spend cash around here. Isn't crazy for wide receivers, which are now going North of $25 million a year, four years, hundred million is what AJ right. Brown, got. younger mm -hmm. player, ascending player, different, sure. but 19 million and then 14 million for 24. So his salaries are 33 you're, million and change you're on the hook for 34. They say for two, for two years, 17 that's million average. You, that's only if you take it fine. But it's also if you take it. Randy Moss's contract was bigger than what he he played for in 2007 when they traded for him. They traded for him, immediately redid the contract. So there, there's a possibility they do that. I I would argue that he's still worth a second round pick. I would oh hell yes, do it. I would do it. Well, let me let me let me back up a second. I would do it if I thought I was going to be a good football team in 2023. If I'm trading Mac Jones, who's my quarterback? Like. One uh, James Garoppolo, perhaps? Okay, so I'm trying to win. That's a veteran mm -hmm. guy that's going to cost me money, so I'm trying to win. That's good. And Bill, can if he says I'm going to move on from Mac, if he tells ownership, like, Josh will give me a second and a third for Mac, and I'm going to spend half of that to get Hopkins, and then I sign Jimmy on the cheap because he, I'm going to help him in a reclamation season, and I always thought that I would be able to get Jimmy back here. By cheap, I mean, like, $15 million. Jimmy's not going to get $25, $30 million a season, please. Oh, I didn't, I don't, I, I just, I'd be interested to see what Jimmy's approach would be to coming back here. 
whether he would wants he, to, whether he'd like it, whether the uncertainty, the whole. What's he want to go to the Texans? You going to go to the Jets? I would go to an offense that has talent. Come on, there's enough talent here to win. Plus, you he, maybe he still harbors a crush for Belichick. Maybe he appreciates where he got sent and the opportunity he was presented with. That's Jimmy true. might very well have a Super Bowl ring to come back with the way the 49ers and the Purdy one are playing. If if Jimmy is like the halftime analysts on CBS and Fox and still thinks Bill has his fastball and is what he was five years ago or eight years ago, if mm-hmm. Jimmy still sees that Bill, that would be a draw. You better hope Jimmy doesn't have uh, the DirecTV Sunday ticket package and hasn't been watching Patriots games the last three years. Hopefully he doesn't have Red Zone. He doesn't no. have Inside the NFL. He did not get NFL Plus. Nope. Hopefully he still thinks it's like, man, you got, man, when I left here 2017, you guys you guys were going to the Super Bowl to play the Eagles. Had these great comebacks. Hey, where's yep. Dola? Hey, where's Dola's locker? Where's Dola? Yep. Yeah. Where's Edelman? Where's Gronk? Where's <laughs> how many new banners have you put up since I left? Uh, banners. One. Well, how many playoff games have you gone to? Uh, like one. Four? How many did you win? One. Like, Ooh. what are we doing here? <laughs> um, but no, back to Hopkins. Absolutely, yeah. I would take Hopkins. I'd do like, it in a heartbeat. I, he's not as high on my list as T. Higgins. You know that. He's mm-hmm. not as high on my list as Devontae Adams. Not gonna cost you as much as he, Adams right. is going nowhere. I think Adams stays in Las he Vegas. Might. might. Can't hurt to ask. And if T. Higgins will cost you more. What's it worth to you? Cost you more in terms of cash and draft pick. I think T. Higgins would be a great pick as well, but now you're paying at least uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, Brown money, if not getting to Tyreek Hill money for somebody that size who's on the ascent. That would hurt our 27th ranking in cash spending. That would yeah, really hurt. it would. Be Hopkins. bad. You know, I, I look, he's going to come nowhere close to Moss, but he's not going to be Ocho Cinco. If he ends up... But if oh, he's a oh, possession yeah. receiver who catches 100 passes for 1,250 yards and six touchdowns next year, then he's worth whatever the F you spend on him. Can I raise one um, problem? Uh, go right ahead, please. So we want Billy O'Brien, right? Mm-hmm. Who traded Billy uh, Andre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins away? Listen, we can, my, Mal, even Malcolm Butler came back and attempted a reunion tour. I'm just asking you, would that be an issue? It might not be because it well, seems like Bill doesn't want Billy O'Brien hey, as an offensive coordinator. And you know what? At the same time, DeAndre Hopkins may actually owe a note of gratitude because ultimately D-Hop got paid. It just wasn't with the team that he was drafted by where he had his initial career success. And sooner or damn later, the Patriots are going to get an Arizona Cardinals great aging receiver. It was Larry Fitzgerald for, what, 17 years in a mm-hmm. row in off seasons, and he and Bears were being seen together at Super Bowls and the back doors and all, all of the, the pictures crap. of him at the Hertz counter yeah. at Logan. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. We're going to get a Cardinals receiver. Why not DeAndre Hopkins? Why not now? Oh, that's the same question I keep asking myself, Andy. And that is the question Pats fans will have to continue asking themselves until the next episode. Wait, what up? Real oh, quick. Yeah. Quote, go uh, I did want to add a Pats, yeah. per, uh, Pats Perry, uh, Oh. The Cleveland Browns uh-huh. did ask to interview Gerard Mayo for oh, their right. coordinator right, position. Right, 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 right. The Browns also interviewed former Belichick buddy Jim Schwartz for the defensive coordinator uh-huh. position. But Gerard Mayo, um, we've all sort of talked about it, thought about it. Could he move on this offseason? There's at least one team interested in him for a defensive coordinator title and role and job and mm-hmm. cachet. That's, yes, and that's something that he's going to want to add to his resume and LinkedIn page if he is to fulfill his ultimate want and wish professionally post-playing career of being a head coach, something that is not likely to happen in Foxborough unless everything goes crazy. 
And then Robert Kraft tells Jonathan to dip into drawer number five, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Who knows? We don't know, but we love speculating and we love trying to inform you as best as possible, as often as possible. That's what we do here on Six Rings and Football Things. Enjoy your wild card weekend, everybody. Have a great time watching the football games this weekend. Andy, let's just give him 10 seconds on the way out the door. Ready? Um, Seattle versus San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, Chargers at Jags. Jags. Ooh, I'm going to say Chargers, even though I want Screw the Jaguars Brandon to win. Staley. All right, I know. I hate him. The yoga humping fool with his damn analytics, but his yeah. beautiful quarterback. It is going to be maybe the most beautiful quarterback off ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, two handsome nice six foot five. Late. Oh, God. Is that what franchise quarterbacks look like oh, and when you just know he's the guy? So, such great hair, laser rocket arms, great chins. Oh, we got man. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Not even. Right. We don't remember Definitely. That. All right. Let's go to Sunday. Uh, Vikings, Giants. Uh, give me the Vikings, but I don't feel great about it, Bob. If there's going to be an upset this weekend, I think I'm going to go where four-fifths of the Vegas money are likely to head with the Giants. Yeah, I could, I, I could see it. I don't know. And why. I'll I enjoy it. it. I love Brian. Dable. Oh, you know, he's my guy. So. Love it. Would absolutely love the stinkiest offense full of arena league talent. Somehow finding a way to pull an upset against a team that won the electoral college of NFL playoffs came, came in with freaking what the hell is going on. Ah, well, don't worry about that. Uh, don't worry, we're professionals. Dolph, I didn't know my iPad was going to ring at the same time. Damn it. Uh, Dolphins bills. Uh, Bills. I mean, that's kind of an obvious one, right? Bills by a million. Yeah. Uh, Sunday night game is uh the Sunday night game. Who's the Sunday night game? I don't know. You brought this up. I figured you know. know. All right, let's go to Monday night. Dallas versus the uh, <laughs> Dallas Bucks. Uh, I am going to go with the Bucks so that Robert Kraft can call Dallas and try to trade Bill Belichick to the Cowboys and get a couple first round picks for his aging coach. Oh, Sunday night game is Cincinnati versus the Ravens. And Lamar right now is trending in the wrong direction and may not even play. Uh, I got to tell you, this is a side note. Give me the Bengals because, you know, I love Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Um, I think they were effing with Lamar when they signed the uh, the Smith contract. I think they're handing out hundreds of millions of dollars to someone not named Lamar. I think that was intentional, the timing of that, because they're trying to, you know, Jim Harbaugh keeps going to the podium. I, I don't know. I don't know who's playing like. There seems to be an issue here that this isn't just health related. The contract is a major factor with Lamar playing and not playing. Mm -hmm. And they hand out a hundred million dollars. That feels tactical. Yeah, that's that could go south real fast. Oh, just like watching much. that. Watch just like watching that game could as I'll well. Yeah, I, I in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? I don't know if you can win with them, but you win a lot more than you're winning right now. And it'll be a lot more fun. And it would also answer the desperate need and call for some star power in Foxborough yes. as well. Again, one of the many items on the laundry list this offseason. All right, tightly done, well-produced, professional as always, six rings and football things. Hey, you know, hey, whatever, hey, we do our best. Uh, presentation of WEI, good enough. <laughs> Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. Your old pals Fitzy, Jumbo, and the gang will be back next week. We'll talk to you after Wild Card Weekend as to how things are looking heading into the divisional round as well as anything else we learn about Belichick, Kraft, Mac Jones, and more. Till then, and as always, take care of yourselves. Good day, God bless. And as always, go Pats.